You know, there used to be a day not too long ago where the, the Jesus way was the easy way. Almost everybody went to church. Almost everybody claimed to follow Christ. It was the easy way. I was raised in a, a small town in southeastern Oklahoma. I had 25 in my graduating class. And before you ask the question, yes, I finished in the top 25 of my class. I knew that was coming. I knew it. Most of us, 25 of us, most of us went all 12 years together. Of the 25, only two did not attend church somewhere. They were rather odd. In fact, there would be questions asked and whispers. Are they... Are they Atheists? They, they don't go anywhere. The church? Because everybody went in my small town. Back in those days, we had what were called blue laws, which meant no businesses were open on Sunday. If you didn't have milk and bread and your car gassed up on Saturday night, you just waited till Monday. And no ball teams would practice or have games on Sundays. It's the Lord's Day. And schools did not schedule activities on Wednesday nights because, frankly, the schools couldn't compete with the church. Everybody was at the church, my little town. And if the school tried to schedule something on Wednesday nights, oh, they were criticized in town. Wholesome TV shows like Andy Griffith and Beverly Hillbillies and Leave it to Beaver. Yes, the Jesus way was the easy way because everybody went that way. It was a cultural Christianity. But not so nowadays, especially after COVID. In fact, we are now living in the death of cultural Christianity. Where not everybody goes to church and not everybody claims to follow Christ. More so after COVID. But you know, that's, that's not all a bad thing. Because now you can more easily identify those who want to follow Christ because there is no cultural Christianity anymore. You follow the Jesus way because you choose the Jesus way. And that's good. Because whenever our Lord talked about the Jesus way, He, he spoke about a way that was hard. It's not the easy way. In fact, he said the Jesus way is the difficult road. It's the narrow road. It's the road of rejection and, and loneliness sometimes. And it's the counterintuitive road to culture. You see, the Jesus way leads to a cross. It leads to death. But it is the way of blessing and life. Because you see, the Jesus way is not the way of societal norms. There will not be crowds cheering you along because you're following Christ. Not there. 
Luke chapter 9, Jesus had been praying by himself, the disciples were around, whenever he said something interesting. Read with me in verse 18. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered, The Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Okay, for the past 16 weeks, we have been going verse by verse through the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached by Jesus himself. Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. So we wrapped up last Sunday, the 16th week, and Jesus talked in the Sermon on the Mount about the Jesus way. In fact, he introduced the Jesus way to us in the Sermon on the Mount. So we're, we're wrapping that up. Now, next week, we're going to start the course of Vacation Bible School looking at the life of Simon Peter, a man who chose the Jesus way. So what I want to do this morning is I want us to look back at what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount about the Jesus way in summary, and I want us to look forward at a man who actually chose to walk that way and see what happened. There may be things there that may surprise you. First of all, number one on your outline, our Lord introduces the Jesus way. Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7. Now what Jesus said in this message as we looked at is, Jesus followers are different. If you follow Christ, you're different. You think differently. You value differently. You act differently. And the sermon begins not with commandments or with expectations. The commandment begins, or the sermon begins with peace and comfort. Beatitudes. It begins with the characteristics of those people humble enough to choose this way. Those who mourn their own sin. Those who harness their own power. Those who strive for peace with God. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And those who are persecuted because of what they've chosen. And Jesus looked at the crowd and said, if that's you, if, if you've chosen this way, you are blessed. You're in a good place. 
Because the prophets of old chose the same, and they persecuted them, but they were men of God. And you're in a place to impact your world, salt and light. And Jesus made it clear. He didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. He came to take us from here to here with the law and live a perfect sinless life and die a substitutionary atoning death on the cross. And then in the sermon he moved from righteousness being outward to righteousness being inward. He moved from the outer to, to the inner. He moved from your, your hands to kill somebody with to your, to your mouth where your words can kill somebody. And he moved from the bed where adultery takes place and he moved from the bed to the mind where adultery begins. He raised the standard. And he said, when you walk the Jesus way, it matters how you treat other people. You're to respond in a way that is opposite of the world. You're to respond in a way opposite of, of your own pride. Because there are some things in life more important than you. So, treat others with humility. Don't retaliate when they insult you and love your enemies and go the extra mile. When you walk the Jesus way, the applause of the crowd is different. You don't brag about helping somebody, you just help them. You don't brag about fasting, you just fast. You don't brag about your prayer life. You just pray in private. Your Father who hears you in private rewards you openly. And prayer. When you walk the Jesus way, prayer is different. Prayer is not saying a lot of words and going on and on and repeating yourself and repeating yourself. He, he heard you the first time. Let your prayers be precise and purposeful. Whenever you pray, talk to God about God. Talk to God about you. Talk to God about other people. And remember, if you want forgiveness, you must forgive. On the Jesus way, prayer is different. It's giving up your kingdom for his kingdom. And when you walk the Jesus way, you treasure differently. Things, things of this earth are not as important. And you're careful where you put your investment. Because on the Jesus way, you don't follow your heart. Your heart follows you. 
And even the little things matter. And you have an undivided attention because you realize you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and serve things here. Your treasure is either going to be there or here. And whenever you walk the Jesus way, the standards are different for your life. You don't worry. You're not overcome with anxiety. Yeah, I, I realize the world is, there's, a, there's an anxiety pandemic out there. But Jesus followers, you're different. Anxiety doesn't control you. Because you realize he takes care of birds. And you're much more valuable than a sparrow. And you realize you're more important than a flower that's on the side of the highway. And you drive by and you say, oh, that's pretty. And then it gets as hot as it is this afternoon and it wilts. And if he takes care of that flower, he's, he's surely going to take care of you. So Jesus' followers don't worry and they don't seek after the things lost people seek after they're not worried about clothes and job and cars and 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 all of this stuff they're not worried about that because they realize if i put his kingdom first he'll take care of the rest of it i know that he said he would So if you walk the Jesus way, you have wisdom for your journey. You're in a good place. Because you have heaven in front of you, and you have God behind you. You're in a good place. And if you're a Jesus follower on the Jesus way, you judge differently. Now, I realize our culture says, the Bible says you don't judge. That's not what the Bible says. It says you judge differently. You don't judge hypocritically. You don't look at somebody else's speck in their eye and you've got a log in yours. You get the log out of your eye so you can help those that have a speck in theirs. That's judging. Yeah, you judge righteously. Oh, and by the way, he said to, to notice fruit in people's lives. Be fruit inspectors. How do you do that if you don't judge? You judge righteously the way he does. Don't let your sin blind you. Be discerning and don't be naive. Don't cast your pearls before swine because not everybody loves the Jesus way. They'll turn and tear you apart. And when you walk the Jesus way, you know the one who feeds you. You know whenever you pray, there is a Father in heaven that loves you more than any earthly parent could love you. So ask and seek and knock. The door will be opened. It matters greatly that you know who feeds you. You know who provides for you. 
Because on the Jesus way, it makes all the difference. So ask and seek and knock. And on the Jesus way, you keep a proper perspective. You treat others with humility. In fact, you treat others the way you want to be treated. This is, this is the road of the kingdom. Now, there are two roads. There is the narrow way, the Jesus way, that's narrow and rocky and turns and it's hard. It's a hard way to go. But at the end of it, it is life. And there aren't very many people on the Jesus way. There are only a few. But on the other road, it's broad. It's like a highway. It's very easy to go down. It's smooth and it's wide. And you have a lot of room, but everybody's going that way. But the problem is at the end of it is hell. So, so choose the narrow Jesus way. And keep the proper perspective. And whenever you walk the Jesus way, you're careful. You're careful about those people who claim to speak for God, but they're wrong. And you're careful about how you live because there will be those when the world is over that stands before Jesus and Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. And they say, whoa, whoa, no, wait, wait, there's a mistake. I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritual man. I, I'm, a, I'm a godly woman. I, I preached in your name. I, I prophesied. I, I, I cast out demons. I did this. I, and Jesus will say, I, I don't know who you are. Depart from me. And we'll continue. No, no, wait a minute. There's a mistake. No, no, wait. And, and finally he says in the Greek language, get out of here emphatically. So be careful because that's going to happen. And be careful about the foundation of your life because there are two foundations you can build on. You can build on the rock, which is the Jesus way, on Christ, and it's secure. And there can be storms beat against that house, but it'll be secure. But there are those that, that build on shifting sands and their foundation is not very stable and the winds come and the storms of life blow and boom, it crashes. And those that build their life here, their treasures will rust and the applause will eventually die. And righteousness will be found wanting and their structure will collapse. So, choose the Jesus way. Now I want to talk about a man who chose the Jesus way. Number two in your outline, Simon Peter and the Jesus way. Let me tell you his story. The Bible tells us about one man in the first century who chose to walk the Jesus way, the narrow road. It gives us a lot of snapshots of his life. And in Bible school this coming week, we're going to focus on the different aspects of his life. But let me introduce him to you today. His name's Simon. He was born three years after Jesus. 
about 1 B.C. Jesus was born about 4 B.C. Simon was born around 1. Three years younger. He was born and raised in a little fishing village on the northern edge of the Sea of Galilee. The name of the town is Bethsaida, which means house of the fishermen. So almost everybody that lived there fished for a living. Simon was going to follow his dad in fishing. His dad is a fisherman. His dad was named Jonah. Some people called him John. Simon had a brother named Andrew. We don't know of any other brothers or sisters, but a brother named Andrew, and they were learning the fishing trade because Bethsaida is a perfect place to fish. That's where the Sea of Galilee fish gather. Even today, they gather around Bethsaida. Simon's going to be a fisherman. But not only did he learn fishing, he learned something else. From the time he was real small at his, on his mother's lap and at his father's knee, they told him stories before they'd go to bed. And the stories centered around Messiah. One of these days, we have been taught for hundreds of years from the Old Testament, they would tell old Simon, hundreds of years earlier, we're taught God has promised he's going to send a Messiah who's going to come to deliver the nation of Israel. They're thinking politically, but the prophets were talking spiritually. Messiah's coming. Messiah's coming. He may come in your lifetime. He may not, but he's coming. And Simon heard this from the time he was really small. He grew up. He married. Clement of Alexandria says in his history book that he had several children. And Simon, his wife, and his kids moved to Capernaum, which is just a few miles from Bethsaida, larger of the towns. Moved there and was a fisherman. When Simon was about 28 years old, something happened. He was fishing one day. Normal, average day, fishing with his dad, rolling up the nets, and he looked up, and he saw something unusual. He saw his brother Andrew running toward him, breathless, wide-eyed, and he thinks, oh my goodness, what's up with Andrew? And he looks, and Andrew gets there, and he says, Simon, Simon, guess what? I have found the Messiah, the one that we've heard about ever since we were small. He's here in our lifetime. He's here. And Simon's going, wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. You're talking too fast. Slow down. Where's the Messiah? Come here, come here, I'll show you. And he took Simon, and Simon threw down the nets and went with Andrew, and they went and met a man by the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And Andrew said, Simon, this is, this is Jesus. And Jesus said, Simon, nice to meet you. Simon, oh, that means, that means pebble. But you're going to become Cephas, Peter. Nice to meet you, Simon. And they left. And Simon went back thinking, was that the Christ? Was that the Messiah? I didn't have him pictured that way. What did he mean by, what did he mean by Cephas and rock? What did he mean by that? Time went by. One afternoon, Andrew, their dad, Jonah, John, whatever you want to call him, and Simon are fishing, and Jesus walked by. And he just said, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And 
something in the way he said it struck a chord with Simon. And he folded up the nets, left him with dad, and followed Jesus. All the time thinking, what did he mean by Cephas Rock? So he followed Christ for a while, and then one Sabbath day, something interesting happened. They went to church, as all good Jews do on the Sabbath, and they're in the synagogue there. And so Simon was living at a house Synagogue's here, Sea of Galilee's here. It's right in between. Simon lived there. Simon's mother-in-law lived with him. Simon's wife, Simon's children, and Andrew. Everybody lived together. And they went to church. After the service is over, they invited Jesus over to their house for lunch. Let's have the preacher over. But they got there, something's wrong. Simon's mother-in-law was sick. Almost dead. And they panicked. And Jesus walked over to where she was lying, took her by the hand, lifted her up, and whenever she stood up, her fever left. She felt great, and she cooked lunch for them. And Simon's over there going, what in the world is going on with this man? What did he mean by rock? And we go a little further. Simon... And Jesus and Andrew were beside the Sea of Galilee, and crowds showed up. And Jesus began to teach them and said, Simon, can I borrow your boat? It's getting too many people in the crowd. Can I borrow your boat and launch out a little bit and, 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 and preach back to them? Oh, sure, absolutely. So he did, and he preached to the crowd. When the sermon was over, he said, Simon, come here. Get in the boat with me. We need to go out. We need to go out fishing to the deep. And Simon goes, okay, all right, time out. Okay, Jesus, you're a carpenter, I'm a fisherman. I know fish, you know wood, okay? I fished all night last night. They're not biting. I caught nothing. It's not the time of day to fish. And carpenter, if you knew anything about fishing, you don't fish in the deep. You fish in the shallows. There are no fish in the deep. They're in the shallows. But just because you've said so, let's go to the deep and let's go fishing. So they launched. They got out there and Jesus told Simon, um, why don't you cast your net on this side of the boat? And Simon goes, sure, why not? And he cast his net, started to bring it in and it was heavy. Was it caught on something in the deep? And he tries to bring it up again, and it was full of fish, so much so that the net started to break. And he's going, oh, my goodness. And, and there were other boats fishing in the shallows. And he called up, come here and help. Come here. We, we need your help. There's too many fish for us. And all the boats came over, and they helped all the fish get into the boat. Massive number. And Peter said, okay, okay. And he fell down at Jesus' feet, and he said, Jesus... Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus said, Peter, follow me. And you'll become that rock. And Simon was officially on the Jesus road. Recognized his unworthiness and acknowledged Jesus' messiahship. 
It was a way that would take him through many twists and turns, but would end boldly with Peter preaching like a rock. And it would end the cross. The Jesus way ended in death for Peter. The Roman Emperor Nero hated Christianity and was, said, if you don't stop preaching about Christ being crucified, we'll crucify you. And he said, fine, but I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior. Crucify me upside down. And they did. Peter the Rock followed the Jesus way. And that's where he got his strength. And friends, today, if you choose the Jesus way, it's not going to be the easy way. It's not going to be the way of the crowds. And no one's going to stand along the side and applaud you for following Christ. In fact, they're going to call you names. And you're going to be called a bigot and a, and, and a phobe. And every, you're going to be called everything because they don't applaud the Jesus way. It's not the Andy Griffith Mayberry anymore. It is the counterintuitive, countercultural way that leads to rejection and death. But it's the way of blessing and life. Choose the Jesus way. Stephen James, I know some of you know him, he is, um, he's an author considered to be one of the nation's best storytellers. In fact, he has a master's degree in storytelling. He's written more than 40 books. He's a believer in Jesus. In fact, he was 20 years old. He was raised Lutheran. He, at 20 years old, a friend of his invited him to an evangelical church, and he went, and he said, wow, it's like going from a funeral to a wedding. <laughs> I realized, he said, it was, it was just... It's, it's a relationship, it's not a ritual. He became a youth minister for a while, and a wilderness guide and other things. But he kept writing books. One of the things he did was he started to write down his prayers. He said, yeah, I got tired of praying, God, you're wonderful, I'm horrible, I need stuff, I'm sorry. And that was my prayer life, over and over. You're wonderful, I'm bad, I need things, I'm sorry. And so I started to begin to pray for other things and just be honest. And he started to write the prayers down, and a friend of his saw them and said, Wow, Stephen, these are good. You need to publish these in a book. No, no, those are just my prayers. No, no, these people need to read these. So he did. Wrote them down and published them in a book called A Heart Exposed, Talking to God with nothing to hide. One, this is the book, one of the prayers that he wrote is about the Jesus way and the Sermon on the Mount. Listen to what he says. Author of life, let more of your kingdom come to earth, reign in our hearts, open our eyes, quiet our anger. Dispel worry, spread light, break the backbone of religion, erase regret, and comfort the shattered. God, we need fewer family values, whatever those are, but we need more Jesus values, more courageous humility, 
more meddlesome mercy, more bold compassion, more unsettling honesty, and unashamed, unrestrained marvel. A place where wealth is not hoarded. Children are welcomed and even listened to. Where the humble inherit the earth. The grieving discover a unique kind of happiness. And reconciliation is more important than sacrifice. God, give us a kingdom where the only ones we should mask from others is, the only things we should mask from others is our prayers, our fasting, our tithing, and our good deeds. Where adultery can happen at a glance and murder can happen with a thought. And only forgivers receive forgiveness. Where we give to everyone what they ask. Power belongs to the meek. The most persecuted are the most blessed. Where sorrow meets joy. And where light shines from a person's life. Not from their words. So today, God, I step unashamed into the world of cheek-turners enemy lovers, eye plank removers, door knockers, truth seekers, and narrow gate finders. A place for the undead, the unlost, the undeceived. A place for sinners like me. Father, it's my prayer today that we would enter that world as well that we would choose the Jesus way. Lord, it's not the way of culture. It's not the way of applause. But it is the way of blessing and the way of life. So, Father, today, help us to choose the narrow road that leads to life. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.